The New York Giants have officially been eliminated from the playoffs, so we're going to examine how we got here, what big decisions are coming, and why Giants fans should have some hope for the future today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Joe, it is time to raise your glass and pour one out. Uh, not because we're double-dipping today on the show, but because we are pouring one out for the New York Football Giants who are probably, you let me know if this is inaccurate, the first team that it may be a surprise that they're getting a debrief or a post-op or a Levy Grail in 2023, based off the fact that this team had a foundational year last year, made the postseason, won a playoff game, had a chance to to build around what their evaluations last year looked like with a staff in year two, and it's all just going south. Right. So as we ask ourselves that question to lead off this discussion on the Giants, how did we get here? Right. I have written down they stayed the course with an unsustainable script. Right. There's things we'll get into this year that didn't work out, but I think that team clearly overachieved last year based on their talent level. The way that they won games was not sustainable. And then they pretty much just, just cling to it. They paid Saquon, retained him. They paid Daniel Jones. I think they had a, a relatively poor offseason to fill in the blanks. And they stayed the course with an unsustainable script. And I think my biggest concerns for this football team are on the offensive side of the ball, where they're 31st in scoring, they're 31st in yards. They're 31st in third down percentage. They're 30th in red zone scoring, right? That's just not good enough. And, of course, that stems from playing three different quarterbacks, uh, Daniel Jones, Tommy DeVito, Tyrod Taylor. And, look, Daniel Jones was the guy that you paid, and you started the year with him one in five, right? Like, you just – the decisions of the offseason just didn't manifest to what you hoped they would be. And so you have – quarterback issues in terms of them staying healthy. And then your offensive line problems were massive. I've been doing this thing where I'm kind of highlighting how many different players they've had at each position. Well, the giants probably win the award this year with four left tackles, six left guards, three centers, four right guards, three right tackles. And we're not talking about a great assembly of talent either, right? Like Andrew Thomas is, is a stud of a left tackle. He was at the headline of your injury issues with, with the offensive line, but then, how did you fill in the blanks? You counted on growth from Evan Neal after a disaster rookie season. Didn't take a jump. 
you you know you thought John Michael Schmitz could provide an answer. That's a big task as a rookie with no stability next to him at either guard spot. Right. And so I just feel like they just were kind of under they didn't have the talent needed on that offensive line to be consistent. And then they were injured, much less what you got out of quarterbacks. Oh, by the way, you don't have enough at wide receiver or close to it. So offensively, this team was a disaster, but part of that being that they stayed the course with an unsustainable script. Yeah. And I think that was the irony here is the two teams that we foiled uh, who were drastically different and met in the NFC playoffs last year was Minnesota and how they won 12 games, 13 games last year and made the playoffs, won that division. They lost in the first round of the playoffs, but that was like an early regime with Kevin O'Connell and Kwesi and, they looked at where they were at and they said, we need to start to transition talent and understand that if we're, we're there, there's probably statistically a regression here, but we have to set ourselves up for the long term with this group. And it felt like the Giants being a team that started from relatively the same point said, okay, we got to accelerate everything that we're doing and push more in and go. And that's trading for Darren Waller, right? Darren, how, when's the last time Darren Waller was healthy for a season? Been a minute, right? And your your number one answer at wide receiver beyond Wandale Robinson, who was a second round pick for you last year, was drafting Jalen Hyatt in the third round, and counting on Isaiah Hodgins, who's got less than two hundred receiving yards this year, right? Yeah. And it's the the justification was what he did the previous year. And I get that, but somebody had to catch the ball. And you knew you, they, they had made some investments in the offensive line with young guys, but banking on a bunch of developing players and then banking on Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones was successful last year because of the bumpers that were around him. And this year it felt like they said, well, we're okay. We paid you, Daniel. Now you got to elevate everything around you because we don't have enough resources to put in for everything else. So if this is, if this is what it was going to look like, then yeah, you probably do need to transition and and get a short-term veteran quarterback for 40% of the price and pay other talent to get the, the floor of the offensive talent around you higher because you need a you need a supporting cast of wide receivers and Saquon Barkley and the franchise tag really doesn't help you because that's not a long-term fix either and he hasn't been great because the offensive line in front of him has been awful defense isn't off the hook here either and they they never found consistency they had a couple of stretches where you felt like they were but you know they were only one week away from giving up 30 points and not giving their offense a chance right I mean uh, the pass rush just really not good enough kt had a solid season but i don't think they're dexter lawrence but there wasn't another edge rusher um and i just don't think they were they were clean enough on defense which is where you kind of had your veteran talent with a leonard williams with a dexter lawrence and you know some vets in the secondary as well with a dory jackson i mean xavier mckinney's a nice player you have some good things there but you didn't find the consistency to lean on your defense to make up for a dreadful offense a bottom of the league offense so just not good enough on either side of the ball, which is disappointing in year two coming off of a playoff season and, of course, winning a playoff game. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a group that 
is going to have to take a long, hard look in the mirror in a lot of spots. And what they do this off season with some of the key decisions. And that's what we're going to talk about next, but they're going to have to get it right. And they're going to have to find a way to get an infusion because it's, it's not like you could say, well, we're trending in the right direction. Like right. there's a lot of guys that they've invested in the last two years where I'm looking at them saying, I, I can't put my eggs back in your basket again next year. Yeah. Cause the pressure is going to be on to yeah. perform. Yeah, the Evan Neal's, the Wondell Robinson's, the Cordell Flots, the Aaron Robinson's, the I mean, Aziz Ojolari's. Ojolari yeah. in that bucket, yeah. yep. It's a long friggin' list, man. Yeah. Okay, well, they have big decisions to uh, make this offseason. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment, so be sure to stick with us. But, folks, you got to check out Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest, most exciting, funnest, easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. I love the format. It's incredible. It's just you against numbers that's it it's not against thousands of other players including the pros including the sharks it's just you against numbers here's what you do you select two or more players you pick more or less of their projected stats you place your entry that is it doesn't take long picks can be made in under a minute and then when you win the withdrawals are super super quick it's gonna be a fun weekend here uh for prize picks with the nfl games on thursday saturday sunday we got some big college football playoff games nba nhl it's all going so yeah, you know, put together the prize picks entry that you really like because you can, you know, you can cross pollinate between all of the sports. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. So let's talk about it. Where do you want to start? Well, I, I like acknowledging if there are decisions to be made at head coach and general manager. Mm-hmm. Feels like there's probably not, right? Like Joe Shane, Brian Dable, I think they get year three. Um, we'll, we'll be interesting to see if the Jay Glazer reports on Wink uh, and, and there being a potential rift are true or not, right? That won't take long to figure that out. I know Dable said that the only disagreement they've had is over who gets the last slice of pre- pizza, um, but you can see there may be being some tension, right, with one unit not pulling their weight, right, and that not always the, the most clean things. But I, I think, generally speaking, I'm expecting Shane and Dayball to get that that third season. Yeah, I, I think they definitely get the leash just based off of the success of year one, right? It'd be different. And the Giants are a team that, that's been horrible about this lately. Yeah. Coaches getting two years and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if the Giants – had year one under Dayball and they performed, I think probably where our expectations were for them as a team, where they would have been like a four or five win team. And now you've won 10 games in two years. That probably get pretty ugly. That's not the case that they're in, but the giants and this ownership has shown that you got to get it together quickly. So I'm not worried about them for year three. If things don't change, then I would be worried about them for year four. And I think that's something that you're very mindful of when you're looking at the key decisions that this group has to make with this football team. Yeah, but I think they enter year three on the hot seat. Yeah. Cap space, Kyle, they're sitting at $36.5 million, 15th most in the NFL, and they have some levers they can pull. Let's do that, and then we'll get to the expiring contracts. To me, the levers that they can pull in terms of restructure candidates, which would only be super logical guys, I think there's three. Uh, Andrew Thomas frees up $11.5 million. Dexter Lawrence, that's $12.9 million. Bobby O'Karakey, $5 million for restructure. I'm not touching Waller. I'm not touching Daniel Jones. 
when it comes to restructures, which you can free up $25.7 million with Daniel Jones. You can free up eight point three to Darren Waller. But I think staying tied to them for longer is not a smart move. So I think those are your Thomas, Lawrence, Okereke are your restructure candidates, and that's going to free you up a lot more cap space. And then you can, you have a couple of cap candidates, in my opinion, and Mark Lewinsky, which will save you right at $6 million, and Darius Slayton, that'll save you right at $6 million. Maybe you want to keep those guys, but if you're looking to really have as much cap space as possible to add to your to your mix entering a make-or-break year, you know, I think those are kind of the, the levers that make the most sense to me. How dare you leave off the restructure opportunity with Graham Gano? He's 37 years old. You could still do it and get another million and a half. Yeah, I I thought I, I'm I'm not uh, it's not foreign to me. I thought about it, but I didn't I didn't know about 37. Well, let's, also let's also acknowledge this, too. These these are basic restructures, mm-hmm. right? You, you can do more complex restructures with void years and create even more space. Yeah, if you need to. Yeah. So and if I'm on the hot seat, I'd probably be willing to do that, <laughs> Right. to be completely honest. Right. Uh, the Daniel Jones contract is an albatross in every way. It's undigestible in any way other than a post June 1st trade. Nobody's taking the contract. On, no, right? especially because we already know like Russell Wilson's going to be out there to be signed in free agency. Right. You know, and like that's just well, the a- start of that conversation. I guess the only way that you they'd even find themselves at this spot is if they end up drafting a quarterback to, because one falls into their lap and then somebody has an injury that goes down. Maybe th- that's digestible to make a trade, but it's that that can't be something you bank on. You have you, you have to be planning on making work with Daniel Jones next season. And that I think that makes it difficult because you do you right now you're sitting there looking at the number five pick in the draft, right? So I think you got to do due diligence on quarterbacks, but. I know you to me you already made the choice. You already, you already did it. You 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 watched Daniel Jones for a year. You said that's our quarterback. Let's sign up for four more years. Like as much as this is a decision for right now, it, it feels like a decision that's already been made. Uh Darren Waller on the other hand is I think is an interesting one. They can move on from Darren Waller before June 1st and save about half the contract. It's if you want to get some real wide receivers in here, you want to get serious about that position. They like Bellinger. I, I think Dable and his personnel tendencies kind of leaves the door open for yeah. Bellinger being the tight end that makes sense for you. And if that's the case, now you're looking at a 30. He's going to be 32 years old next year. Uh, the cap hit is almost $15 million. He's owed $12 million in cash. You can move on post or pre-June 1st and save $6.5 million against the cap. It would be something I'd. You don't want to do that when you gave up a top 100 pick to get him in the first place. But nevertheless, like transitioning away from bad contracts to open myself up for an infusion of talent is something that I would be highly thinking about. Yeah. Notable expiring contracts, Kyle. Uh, they get a bunch. There's one big one, but do the thing. You got uh, Saquon Barkley, running back. You got Adore Jackson, cornerback. You got Xavier McKinney, safety. That's, that's the big one. You got Sean Robinson, defensive lineman. Jihad Ward's played a lot of snaps for you. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, who you brought in on the the flyer. Darnay Holmes. 
uh, Paris Campbell, Tarod Taylor, Nunez Roches. Like they, they got a lot of guys that are taking a lot of snaps. Yeah, I think the big one, like the one that I say get done is the 24-year-old Xavier McKinney, who I put as a pro bowler in our NFC um, pro bowl show that we did, what, end of last week, something like that. But yeah. to me, that's that's your playmaking versatile piece that's been really good um, that I'm going to make sure that I take care of as a 24-year-old expiring contract. Uh, like you said, there's guys that have played a lot of snaps. I'm not sure how concerned I am. I mean, like Adoria Jackson at 28 years old, I don't. I think he had a tough job this year. Um, I still think he can play, but are you signing up for more there? Are you going to do it with Saquon Barkley? Are, are you going to pay him and keep him around? Like, I can't. Can. So, like, let's be honest. For as much as we don't love this offense, that Barkley and Waller are kind of like their their two <laughs> their two best playmakers, and we're sitting here saying, "Well, let those guys go." So if you had to keep one, who are you keeping? I mean, Barkley requires a new deal. He's right. 26 years old. And it's pro- that's probably going to be a $14, 15000000 million year contract. So I guess if you had to give a $15 million year contract out, you'd probably rather give one to the 26-year-old running back than the 32-year-old tight end with durability issues. Yeah, I, I, I guess I would. Yeah. I don't love either one. I don't know. Again, your offensive line, you should spend, how many dollars should you be spending on the offensive line? Like Andrew Thomas, stud left tackle. It's it's well-established. John Michael Schmitz deserves some grace. You need two starting guards. And I don't know how much trust I can put in Evan Neal where I wouldn't sign a swing tackle. Yeah, well, so here's what I get nervous about. Hopefully the Giants don't look at it and say, okay, Left to right, Thomas, easy you do, John Michael Schmitz, Golinski at right guard, and Evaniel at right tackle. To me, that's a disaster scenario. Like, you got to be better than that. But you also need a number one receiver. Like, that's as big of a problem as anything here is you don't have that guy, the go-to player. Are you going to go, who, you gonna, T. Higgins? Gabe Davis? Like, what are you going to do here? Trade for somebody? They, I mean, think this, about it. It would be a spot where it would make sense if there is a pre-existing contract, or if there's somebody from a financial standpoint that needs to be transitioned away from. This is the position where you see it happen more often than not, right? Yeah, wide receivers get traded, but this list, brother, is long. Joe Shane's to-do list is the longest of any GM in the NFL. This week. you need all line, you need a number one receiver, you need pass rush, you need another defensive tackle, you probably need a corner. You got to figure out Xavier McKinney. Yeah, a lot to do in, in a in a critical year. I guess the good news is that you don't really have to make it. You don't have a decision at all at fifth year option because that's Kadarius Tony, and that's the that's the Chiefs' problem. That's don't think they're gonna. Decision. Yeah, but then keeping in mind, why do you have Kadarius Tony? Because you were part of the Justin Fields trade, right? You moved back from that pick, and you, your consolation prize was Kadarius <laughs> Tony. That 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 draft for the Giants is not looking good. Is that all. the Eichenberg trade as well? Yes. Well, no, no, no. It's the, I'm saying, is that the most cruel twist of fate that the Giants spent all of this time waiting for Dave Gettleman yep. to trade back Yes, in a draft? And he said, okay, my last hurrah, I'll trade back. And he trades back and trades back into Kadarius Tony, and then trades back or 
He traded trade out of that pick with Miami for Eichelberg. Yeah. yeah. And traded back again in the second like round. Aaron Robinson or something was the pick they made. Right. Yikes. Just disastrous selections. They said, okay, I'll trade. I'll give you what you want and trade back, but I'm going to pick objectively disastrous players. In both it's better players. than picking Kadarius Tony at 11 or whatever pick that was. Right. <laughs> Okay, so you got a lot to do here, Joe Shane. A lot of big decisions, uh, tough decisions, but that's why you get paid the big bucks to be the general manager of the New York Giants. Uh, we're going to turn this conversation a little bit more happy. Uh, yeah, we're going to find the find the reasons for hope. The Levy Grail oh, portion Levy. of this conversation is coming up here in just a happy. second. So stick with us. But when you're hiring for your small business, you want to be certain that you have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn's not just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion, that's a B, billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Look, LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire, well, thankfully with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy, and they also just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for the Levy Grill. If you're not familiar with the Levy Grill, uh, go, go ahead. You want to do the poem. You leaned in twice. I don't want to cut you off. You go I, just, I didn't want to cut you off, so I was just ready. No, Fight on, my man. I'm hurt, but I am not slain. I'll lay me down and bleed a while, and then I'll rise and fight again. The Levy Grail. Your reasons to get back on the horse, if you're a Giants fan. And I know we just spent about 21 minutes barraging your football operations and your roster and your season. So sorry about that. But let's talk about the reasons why you should be optimistic that things can get turned around starting in 2024. And Joe, I'll start with this. You do have some examples of successful player personnel decisions by this group. And I point specifically to the addition of Bobby O'Karaki at linebacker as an outstanding roster move and it came at a non-premium position right we've talked a little bit about the Giants needs and what they need to get addressed and we've looked at the interior offensive line specifically and it gives me hope that the Giants were willing to pay higher dollar for a non-premium position and get a home run fit for their roster on the defensive side of the ball can you do the same thing again this offseason at another non-premium position where maybe you give a little bit more dollars than some people would be comfortable stomaching, but you fix the issue? Because they did that at linebacker last year with Okereke. He's been outstanding. Do it again at guard. Do it again elsewhere on the roster. Well, Okereke is a great addition, and those Colts linebackers were fun to watch uh, last year. and. Yeah. They still got some good ones over there, but Okereke was a nice player, and and I think he's going to be a fixture for this Giants team for a long time. Uh, if I'm looking for reasons for optimism, I think you saw in-season growth. Uh, we talked about the 1-5 and five start with Daniel Jones. You wind up starting 2-8, and eight, 
after that, after those first 10 games, you're three and two in your last five, including a three game win streak. Um, and so it's nice to see Dayball be able to kind of galvanize things and, and keep guys competing and playing hard and focused. Um, you could, you could, whether it's Dayball's like sideline demeanor, the reported rift with Wink, like you could, you could see things getting a little bit dicey. But at the same time, they're three and two in their last five games. And so I think I would point to that in season growth as something in, you know, hopefully for them, it can continue over the last couple of weeks here. I'd look at that as an opportunity to have some momentum going into next year. And obviously one of their losses was this recent game against the, uh, the Eagles where they came back and kind of gave them everything they could. And they get another chance to play the Eagles next week. So I think there's some encouragement for how the season has turned despite it overall being bad. From a draft capital perspective, you already alluded to the top pick that they have. Yeah. Which is currently sitting at number five in the order. They do have two twos, courtesy of the Leonard Williams traded the deadline. So kudos to you for having self-awareness of where your team is at and acquiring another meaningful asset. So they have a one, two twos, a three, a four, a five, and a six. The four is their own organically. So you're potentially looking at five picks within the first 110 picks, probably after compensatory picks come through. Five opportunities to add players to the well, if not more, if you choose to trade down, to add talent that should contribute to your group very quickly. And you're going to need every one of those opportunities. Those picks are currently 539, 52, 70, and 105. So, like, looking good there in terms of premium draft capital to add to the mix. I guess the the other side of that is they've had premium draft capital, right? So, like, make it count for sure. Um, but adding that that young talent is going to be a great opportunity for Joe Shane and, and Brian Dable to improve what they have, get younger. Um, and I think that they do have some meaningful talent already on this roster. Andrew Thomas is one of the best left tackles in the game. Obviously, he was hurt this year. Dexter Lawrence, top three probably the last couple seasons uh, in terms of interior defensive linemen. He's right. been unbelievable. We talked about Bobby O'Karaki, Xavier McKinney, uh, Deontay Banks. Maybe he wasn't amazing as a rookie, but he's a talented young player. Jason Pinnock has been a nice little find for them. They have Kayvon Thibodeau. So there's some meaningful players at meaningful spots, left tackle, edge rusher, corner, you know, defensive tackle. There's some there's some pieces to work with, not to mention you're counting on some growth here from John Michael Schmitz and Evan Neal and Josh Eziudu as potential starters for your offensive line. So there's some things to point to that gives you a nucleus to build upon. Um, obviously, you got to maximize your opportunity in the draft. You have to max- maximize your opportunity with cap flexibility. You know, I think we can reasonably get the Giants to – well over 50 million in space, probably 60 ish, right? They're, they'll have what they need to, to get it done. Um, and so I think that's what's important is the opportunity to improve is right there. Now you, you just have to ace the offseason. And they have um, even this regime where you consider adding Bellinger and Mc, Micah McFadden. I think he's been a nice player for them. He started almost every game this year uh, on day three. I think they have some nice feathers in their cap in that regard, where if they can find and pull more uh, mid-round talent as well, 
this is, I think, a roster that's probably at that juncture where you you would benefit from continuing to uh, stack that kind of talent onto this roster as well and really churn a lot of it over. Um, I agree with you on the young nucleus of players, though. They, they have some players that have popped. You kind of have an identity on the defensive side of the ball that you can really cling to. And then you have a blank slate offensively around Daniel Jones. Sit down and have the honest conversation about what Daniel Jones is good at. Go get players around him that best accentuate that and invest again in the offensive line. And they've done it the last two years with Evan Neal and John Michael Schmitz. I mean, two top 60 picks and one of them is top 10. You probably need another one, at least. Mm-hmm. I'd get a vet in there too because it can't all be young guys. But um, I think there's a blank slate component with the expiring contracts offensively and then the decision that you have to make on Darren Waller who's I, I think has like 60 targets this season and he's, he's missed like five games. So um, you're not paying $15 million for that. I can tell you that. Yeah. Right. Right. So like, I don't think there's anything holding it. There's no albatross contracts around Daniel Jones. I know I refer to the Daniel Jones contract as an albatross. Okay. Make it work. And then if it doesn't work beyond this year and you continue to get beyond this year, then you can evaluate the rest of the group and identify the quarterback who has the traits that you thought Daniel Jones has if you get an opportunity beyond this immediate kind of hot seat window that you're in right now. And you're in the NFC. And we're talking and about some really mid-teams that are going to be wild cards in the NFC. So you can point. get back into it pretty quick. That's a very good point, Joe. That is going to do it for us here on this episode of Locked On at FL Scouting and Kyle Krabs. He is Joe Marino. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Joe, tomorrow's takes on takes. Mm-hmm. So everybody should leave their takes in this video in the comment section, and we will react to your hot takes tomorrow on the show, which we're looking forward to as we always do. And then there may or may not be a second show coming your way tomorrow as well. You just have to hit subscribe, come back, and see. We'll talk to you later. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Enjoy Thursday Night Football. Uh, for the last time this season, Thursday Night Football. So it's it's all right right upon us. So take advantage. Cherish every moment, even if it is Jets and Browns. <laughs> which is what we did tonight.